The Cost Camps Coaches Show, Episode 6. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today I have Brian Bingaman on the show. He is the, and I'll, he's going to go over what his title is right now, but for, for my purposes, he's, he's the head of strength and conditioning at Eastern University. And we're going to talk about more more about that in a second. Talk about more what Eastern is, what they have going on there. But Coach Bingaman played at Bloomsburg University. He was an offensive lineman there. Uh, you know, in the, in the the heyday of the Bloomsburg offense and and Bloomsburg football, played for a, a, a few of Coach Hale's uh, legendary teams. I guess I could call them that. After he graduated. Uh, Coach Bingaman went to Penn State. He was an intern and a graduate assistant for the Penn State football strength and conditioning program. He did that for two years, went to go to Duquesne. He was the head of strength and conditioning for the football team at Duquesne, then went on to LaSalle. At LaSalle, he was the head of strength and conditioning there. And uh, during that time at LaSalle, he was also coaching the tackles and tight ends for the football team. Left LaSalle, went to St. Joe's University, head of strength conditioning there. Um, now, St. Joe's doesn't have football, but he was part of, of, you know, he went to the NCAA tournament with a basketball team and, and was a part of that. And he left St. Joe's to go to Eastern University. And Eastern University is, it's, a, it's along the main line. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Coach, but Eastern University is along the main line, Philly. Um, not far from Villanova, if you know where that is. Yep. They they currently, and when he was hired, they did not have a football team. They currently do not have a football team. Right. But coach, th- there are there are plans in the works. Could you talk about Eastern? Maybe give them a better location than what I just gave them. If you can give them a town or whatever, and um and and just talk about the college and talk about what's going on there with with, uh, with football. Go ahead, coach. Welcome to the show. Oh yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, no, you're you're pretty much dead on. We're uh, we're tucked right in behind Villanova. Um, technically, we're St. David's, Pennsylvania, which is on the other side of the street at Cabrini. So Eagle Road kind of cuts the two in half. Uh, we're a very small school, small Christian university, Division three. Um, they've been talking about starting football here for a lot of years. Even when I was over at LaSalle, I, I heard them talking about you know Eastern's going to start a football team. They're going to start a football team. Um, the current athletic director, Eric McNelly, he's been doing a great job. Him and I worked together at LaSalle and uh, he kind of recruited me to come over here with the opportunity to kind of be work with him hand in hand and starting football. Um, you know, when I was at LaSalle, I'm unfortunately was part of the, the, the staff that when they canceled the football program, when they discontinued it, 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 it was tough. It was really hard. Uh, and I said, I'd never go back to football, but then, you know, here I am, you know, but you know, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, having the opportunity to come over here and help see it get done right. And I truly believe the university is trying to get it done right um, and build this thing from the ground up. We're hopefully going to announce our, our coach in the next week or so. We, we've conducted all the energy interviews. I got to help chair the committee. Um, you know, we have a lease deal with Valley Forge. We're going to start playing up there using their field and their facilities. Um, but it, it's good. It's exciting. You know, there's been a bit of a buzz. I'm sitting here in my office. My office is actually covered in, covered with, I got like eight boxes of football helmets right now. Mark. All right. <laughs> different colors and all, all the fun stuff, face masks. And, you know, we're, we're getting ready to, you know, we, we soft launched it. We announced it um, about a month ago, but it's, it's, it's going down here soon. We're hoping to have 
between 60 and 80 kids on campus next year. Uh, limited JV schedule, depending on what we can recruit. Obviously, you know, <clears throat> we got to fill out our position groups and we want to keep the kids safe. And, you know, we do want to get better, uh, but we do want to play here and we're aggressive with our timeline. But we think with uh, the person that we're going to be able to hire that we can pull that off and then we're going to compete in, you know, full full season the following year, um, you know, compete in a MAC, which, as you know, is a pretty good conference. So it, it, it should be fun. Yeah, if if, uh, if somebody listening to this is not familiar with the MAC, that's Delaware Valley, Widener, yep. Albright, Lebanon Valley, Lycoming, so on and so forth. That's it's that yep. league, yeah. Uh, and it is good football, like you said, Coach. So you got your your the facility, the practice facility, and the game facility will be will be at Valley Forge, or are you, do you guys have something in the plans to do anything on campus? Yeah, so there's a couple different master plans floating around. Um, our big thing is, you know, we, we want to play, right? So right. for us to, to do that, you know how it is being in a small school. Valley Forge is less than two minutes away from us. It's it's not even a mile drive or it's not even a mile. I mean, okay. You can walk through the two. So what we did is we signed a lease deal with them. So we'll get locker rooms. We have a weight room, uh, athletic training facility, and then they're redoing their turf. So if you're familiar with that field, and it's actually set up really nice. Um, they're redoing their turf field. They're working on it right now. They're hopefully laying the turf as we speak. I know they're doing the drainage pipes um, last week and, and grading it. But we're going to upgrade the press boxes and do all those fun things up there. And, you know, we want to get this thing going. So, you know, that that's our immediate plan. And then there are some things floating around on, on what our master plan is on campus. We're hoping to build a new building, which we desperately need, um, off the back of our current facility to house all the things that we're trying to do. Because in addition to football, we're going to add wrestling and and some other some other sports. There's some other things coming down the road that, that we want to do. Um, the university's made athletics a strategic asset, so we're we're really trying to just like every other Division three is trying to do. We're trying to solidify our university with athletics and, and keep kids coming in and create you know get a diverse diverse campus. So it's been exciting. When I look at schools, big or small, and, and I guess a couple that come to mind, Messiah. Is is a is a Christian based school that that has had a lot of success at the Division three level with their athletic programs, no matter what it is. And they don't yep. have a, they don't have a football team, but man, like the, both the men's and women's soccer teams, they're in the national championship. It seems like every year. They're yeah. they're they're good. They're good in a lot of stuff. Their yeah. their soccer programs are really good. We and you know we have a pretty good soccer program as well. Um, we're 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 kind of in the same boat, right? They just you know they just had a little bit more success, but you're 100 percent right. They're they're good. And then you look at a school like Liberty University down in Virginia. They made the jump to uh, the, the FBS level really yep. quickly in football and had some success. I'm not sure how I didn't. I haven't looked at them lately, but I know last year they they lit it up last year and they kind of kind of came on the national scene. They may have been ranked at one time this year. Yeah, but uh, but it was kind of like almost like an instantaneous thing for Liberty University. My wife is a field hockey coach. So like yes. you know, we've had field hockey on TV the last couple of weeks, and yeah, they, they, did. they were in the he national said, championship. Their field hockey team yeah. was in the national champ for Division One. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're good. And I mean, if you again, if you have an opportunity to look, like go check out their facility. Sometimes, like they really invested, you know, in their facilities and what they're trying to do. And you know, it's it, it's really it's an interesting dynamic with um, you know, some of the FCS lower FBS levels um you know i talked to some people a couple of guys that i know and a lot of the fcs you know your sam houston's or your delawares and stuff like that they're looking to make that jump to the next level just because 
you know, when you're taking those buy games, you get more money from the buy games. It's yeah, it's right, a really right. a really really interesting dynamic at that level now with all the power five alignments. And yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it because it, you know, yeah. like I said, there's stuff that I hear, but it's going to be an interesting landscape over the next few years. That's why I think Division three is such a good model. You know, one when you're you know as you know because you've coached there a lot longer than me, but when you talk about Division three. You know, the kids, they understand like the work, the balance, right? So, you know, you're bringing a kid in and you, you know, you're letting them be a student and you're letting them be a member of campus, but they're also, you know, hopefully going to, you know, be competitive and they're going to do all the stuff that they need to be a good athlete or a good football player, whatever it may be. Um, but again, it's, it's one of those where you bring 120, 125 kids in. That's also helping the rest of the university. So you're seeing, you know, that return on investment. It, it's definitely an interesting dynamic for sure. Most of the schools in the Middle Atlantic Conference, and and really any small Division three school, they're mm-hmm. going to draw their their students are going to come from a two hour radius. It's, yep. and that's how the just about every school, every player in the Middle Atlantic Conference comes yep. from either New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland. There's there might be a few from New York and Virginia, but outside yep. of that, it's it's very rare. But when I look at uh, like a like a roster from Messiah College, they they can almost draw on a national level because of that Christian niche, and that's that could be something that Eastern can be able to do, and and uh, they'll be able to get some people in from from outside that two hour radius. That could be an advantage for them. But if, no, you're, if it, no, no, you're 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 right though. You're funny you say that. I mean, if you look at our rosters now, like our basketball team, we have Texas, Florida, North Carolina. Um, we bring yeah our. We and even lacrosse. Lacrosse is a little bit more from Pennsylvania, right. but a lot of our rosters, like we draw, and we are hoping to do that. You know, so hopefully, we get some of those speed kits from Florida. Not that there's <laughs> not, not that there aren't fast kids in Delco, but uh, we're hoping we get some of those kids from uh, <laughs> from well, down that way. Well, if I'm if I'm a high school player from this area, from from the eastern pe- half of Pennsylvania, yep. and I'm looking to play football. And I'm looking into Eastern University. I think I think that could be a draw too, where it's not just people from you know that I might have played against in high school. That's gonna that mm-hmm. are gonna be on the team with me. It's gonna be people from all kinds of backgrounds and and yeah. geographically all over the all over the map, literally speaking. And I, I think that'd be a, a draw for for a player like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. <laughs> Coach, I've heard you speak uh, a number of times about strength and conditioning um yep. the, you know football camps and things like that I've, I've heard you speak on it and i know that is your specialty and your background you do yep. have a and, and you gotta okay you have a master certification with the collegiate strength and conditioning association how close am i there you're pretty close okay. yeah um so i think it was man it was I don't know, like four or five years ago, I was named master strength coach through the CSCCA, which is the Collegiate Strength Conditioning Coaches Association. So there's, um, I was pretty excited about that one. So, so like the like the strength coach at Penn State, the strength coach coach at Florida State, places like that would be members of this association. Yeah. So the Collegiate Strength Conditioning Coaches is the one that there, there's two major certifying bodies, right? There's the CSCCA, um, which we just talked about, and the NSCA, which is the national. Conditioning Association. They're the two big ones. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of split down the middle. A lot of coaches have both certs. Um, I don't because I don't want to pay for two. Right. Uh, but the cert I have is through the CSCCA. I, I believe in that organization. And once you've been doing it full time long enough um, and you're in good standing and you, you know you have all your stuff in, 
um, you have to, you can apply to be a master strength coach. And yeah, a lot of the coaches, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them, um, in division one, there's a handful in division two, division three. I don't think there's a lot in division three. Um, you know, but there's definitely a good bit. Like the class that I had was the one guy was from Indiana. The one was the assistant at Penn state. Um, you know, my buddy down here at temple, he's, he's there. So it's, yeah, there's, there's a good bit of us in there. Most seat, most high school football seasons have just ended. Like yep. we're, we're only maybe three weeks away from the, probably less than that, than the end of the regular season season. A lot of schools got a playoff game, some too. Yep. What, what in terms, can you give us briefly, uh, and you and I kind of talked about it the other day, but what are some things right now that coaches can be doing with their players to kind of springboard them into an off season weight training and, and conditioning yep. program? Well, one and I don't know if this will be popular or unpopular, but I think you should give them some time off. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of kids just need some time off. Let them, let them breathe a little bit. Um, you know, let them re-energize their batteries, especially a lot of the kids that are single sport kids. Yeah. Um, if you, if you have a dual sport kid, then honestly give them some time off and let them roll right into their next season, you right. know? Um, but if, if you're a single sport kid, you have a kid that's strictly focusing on football they should be taking time off and just letting them re-energize their batteries. Um, the next one is going to be, you know, if you're the strength coach, you're the high school coach that that's in charge of the strength program, um, kind of need to evaluate what you have. Any of those kids that you had injuries during the season um, should be getting into the athletic trainer. And, you know, hopefully you have an athletic trainer that's on, you know, on site with you. If not, uh, get them to the person that's contracted out, but you should be getting some sort of an updated injury report just so you can kind of find out where they are because, you know, that early off-season phase that you're going to get into, um, one, you need to, to get those kids back healthy, right? If you had kids with, you know, some strains and pulls and, you know, bangs and bumps and all those fun things, like you've got to take that time to let them get back. Um, if you have anybody who's, you know, had some more serious injury, then you need to figure out what their rehab program is going to be because if you don't address that now, when it's time to get rolling, um, you know, whenever that is, and, you know, sometime after, you know, maybe around Christmas time or after Christmas, whenever you decide to get rolling again, you want all that stuff to be kind of finished up so you can, you know, focus on what your off-season program is going to be about. Is there – okay, I got a couple questions here, I guess. I'll start with this one. So once once you get the strength and conditioning program rolling with your team yeah, and you have – you have a certain population or team that's doing a winter sport, basketball, yep. wrestling. Yep. Yep. If if you get those players back, let's say you get them back in February, mid February. Yeah. When you get those guys back, would it is it the same same deal? You you want to get them some rest before you really start hitting it with them and make sure they're healthy, and, and then how do you get them back acclimated with the rest? How do you catch them up? Do you kind yeah. of start the whole team over again to, to allow them to catch up, or you kind of let well, them? get in there and get going what, what what do you do there well i mean and that's the toughest one too and i think that's why you know hopefully who's ever running the strength program that's why in a perfect world a high school would have someone that's kind of handling their strength conditioning program yeah because when you when you have that type of stuff and there's a lot more of that going around right there's a lot more of you know you might have a phys ed teacher that's director of strength conditioning and so on and so on um you know that's where you can kind of take that question even out of the equation right because if say they're playing basketball or they're wrestling or they're doing something, um, you know, they should still be strength training during the year, right? You just modify their training loads. 
Right. You know, so, you know, if you have a basketball player, you have a wrestler, you have somebody that's getting ready to do indoor track, whatever that may be, you know, they should still be training at least two times a week. I mean, that's kind of standard issue for an in-season program. You could probably get away with three if you're being smart about it. Um, you know, so when those kids do come out of their seasons in February, it's the same thing, right? You do your injury audit, you find out how beat up the kids are, you talk to the kids, find out how they're feeling. Um, and then, you know, you have to look at what they're doing. If they were, you know, playing basketball and they had an in-season program, what does that basketball in-season program look like? Because, you know, you run into problems where the basketball coach is writing their workout, the football coach is writing their workout, and they're two contradictory programs. Does that make sense? Yep. So that's why it'd be nice if it'd be all streamlined, right? Because, you know, if everybody's kind of squatting and everybody's kind of doing deadlifts or everybody's benching, you know, you're just really manipulating volume and intensity. So when those guys come back in February, you know, you just have to see where your training block's at, right? So if football is already going for a month and a half and you guys are switching gears or switching into a different training block, you just have to kind of look at what that kid did before and make sure that they can kind of handle that. Does that make sense? Um, and and it's tough, right? It's easy for me to say, cause I've been doing this my entire life. <laughs> um, you know, but again, I also feel too, that a high school strength and conditioning program doesn't have to be like fancy, right? Like we, you know, I, I train a, a high school lacrosse team and the stuff that we do is so like age appropriate to what we're doing, where right. we're just moving to basics and the foundations. And honestly, if you're dealing with a 15, 16, 17 year old kid, yeah, you can get away with some of the higher level fancy stuff, but they don't need it. Um, you know, they should be running the basics until the basics aren't really working anymore. And then, you know, so they have a higher ceiling when they get to college, you know, let them, let them go to that, let them go to that well when they need the, the higher level stuff, when they have, you know, five, six, seven, eight years of training age. When you talk about just, just go into detail about the basics, what would be some of the basic things that, that, uh, you know, like a, a freshman or sophomore high school should be doing? Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, again, it's, you know, can you squat correctly, right? And it doesn't have to be a barbell back squat. You know, can you front squat? Can you goblet squat? You know, can you lunge correctly? You know, can you, can you move through a full range of motion without, you know, looking like a, like a baby deer, you yeah, know? Right. Um, you know, can you squat with your knees in a good position without them going valgus? Um, you know, if, if you're going to teach the Olympic lifts, you know, can they do the Olympic lifts the way they're supposed to and not like the, you know, the jumping yeah. reverse Know, can they can they catch the bar with their elbows up? Can they get in a good RDL hip hinge position? You know, can they get their hips through? Can they catch the bar, you know, nice and soft? Are they solid when they catch it? Those types of things. And then it's all the other basics, right? Like, you know, can you do pull-ups? You know, I think that's kind of a lost art with some kids. Like good, like good pull-ups, not like half rep pull-ups. Like all the way up, all the way down. You know, can you press correctly? Um, you know, can you overhead press? push-ups, uh, weighted carries, like things like that, all those like basic things. And then with that, you have so many different variations that you can run. Um, but again, you know, more I work with the high school population I have, it's more about repetition, right? So, you know, for us, I still do some of the Olympic lifts and, you know, after eight weeks, we're finally getting into them and, you know, that's a skill. So we got to drill that every day. So we're doing some variation of a, you know, some sort of a clean, some sort of a, like a muscle clean, the technique of technique lift, a, you know, a front squat, those type of things, because if I want to get good at that clean, I got to work the parts of it. So. Do you have any tips or there, I don't maybe, uh, maybe this is something obvious that I don't, that I've, I've missed, but how, how do you get a player 
to like I know how to get a guy strong, you know, to, to get yeah. him stronger on the bench press, whatever. How to get, you mm-hmm. know, to, how to how to build bulk, you know, if nutrition plans mm-hmm. are are big or lose mm-hmm. weight. I can, I I know I've, I've seen that done before. But how yeah. do you, how do you get somebody faster? How do you get them quicker? How do you get them faster? How do you get them more athletic? I guess is is what I'm looking for in terms of football, like football athleticism. Yeah. What are well, what, I, what are some tips there? Well, I think too, if you're talking specifically about the high school population, right? You're you're dealing with, and, and let's just say this is freshmen to to se- freshmen to senior. So what is that? Like 14, 15 year old kids. Yep. I mean, honestly. And again, as simple as it sounds, like if you want to get faster, you just got to go out and sprint. You got to work. Know? You got to practice on get on <laughs> on that. Yeah, yeah, it, that makes sense. Lot, yeah, like a lot of stopping. You know, a lot of of starts, different start variations. Um, teaching them to to come out in a good position. Uh, keep teaching them to come out. You know, relatively low, but also teaching them how to like stop. Right. Teach them how to decelerate. Uh, you know, they're growing during that time. Right. So get those repetitions in and like. You know, coaching reps, not just going out and just trying to like, you know, beat them into the ground with, you know, 100, you know, freaking, you know, going out and running like 50 different starts with, you know, no rest. Like it's, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not about that. Right. Especially if you're, you're getting into it in the early off season stages, like, you know, it's just like when you install for offense or install for defense, right. You go through your formations, you teach them stance, start all that fun stuff. Like you need to kind of do the same thing when you go out and, you know, you got to teach the kids exactly what you want. You know, so if you're doing a linear speed day, you know, you got to teach them what a good start looks like. You got to teach them what proper shin angle is. You got to teach them how to move their arms. And, you know, some of that stuff is such low hanging fruit with the basics. You literally do that stuff like every day for the next month and then you can kind of change it up. Um, You know, with those guys, too, I think you got to make it fun, you know. So, you know, competitive drills like chase drills, tag drills, those type of things, because you don't realize how much more they how much faster they're going to run when they're competing right um right you know once you teach them how to do it the right way you got to let them go a little bit you know what i'm saying i think that i think that's big it's interesting you talked about deceleration Uh, i would say and i never really thought about practicing it you know i I never really thought about that but like when it comes to tackling that deceleration is so important because guys just come in and out of control and they come with their head down Mm -hmm. and and they miss the tackle and then, yeah. you know, I, I'm always screwing at you come in under control, you know, and yeah. they, they might just, they might not be physically able to come in under control. So that, yep. that deceleration thing, yeah, that's going to help your team and uh, just be better, better tacklers. Yeah. I mean, and think, and think about it too, right. Especially if you're the, if you're the, the, the football coach, that's going to be in charge of the agility stuff or the speed stuff. And, and you're not a hundred percent sure how you're going to tackle it. Like, Think of it from like reverse reverse engineering what they need to be able to do. Yeah, right. Just made a great point of like guys can't come in under control for tackling. Well, if I'm running my you know my my speed stuff or my takeoffs or however I'm going to do it or I'm doing a change of direction day, you know what do I have to do to be a better tackler? Right, I got to be able to come in, break down, get my hips low, you know, get myself in a good position. Like, why not just practice that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so reverse engineering, I like that. Yeah, okay. that's one of those. Things words you know I, I i like to use i like to use that in my coaches meetings when i'm we do all our gps stuff my uh, reverse engineering this. <laughs> the other thing you talked about is shin angle yeah and my last my last uh few years at lvc the strength coaches had started to kind of talk more about that 
And, yep. and it was funny. I started to do some of the exercises they would do. So my whole yep. life, I was taught when you're doing a squat, when you're doing anything that where you're, where you're putting some force on your legs that yep. you should never put that knee. You should never yep. take your knee over your toe. You should yep. never, you should never pass. You should never <laughs> go over your toe. And then they started doing exercises that were yeah. specifically meant to do that. So yep. when I first saw that, you know, I was skeptical, but then I started doing this stuff and I've yep. had, you know, I've had all kinds of like sprained ankles in my, in my life and stiff yeah. ankles. And I, I, I found that that started to kind of loosen things up in my ankle. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, well, I mean, it goes back to the, and again, I was the same way, right? Like, and I grew up, man, when I learned to strength train, I was doing all the old school, like high intensity stuff. So they were just trying to murder us in there. And yep. I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, I loved my strength. I loved lifting weights in high school, but they didn't teach us what to do. They just gave us a workout, right. and, you know, hung out in the hung out in the weight room, and let us kind of go. Which, again, I don't think I'd change that. You know, I wish I would have learned some a couple of things a little earlier than I did. But again, that's you know why I kind of fell into what I fell into, right? You you know, you trial and error, you learn stuff, and but I was the same way, right? Like when I was in in college, it was all powerlifting squat. It was all you know wider stamps, hips back, you know like the box squatting where your, your shins were parallel to the, you know, yep. your shins, yep. your shins never moved. It was all a glute dominant exercise. Right. Um, and now, yes, it's come full circle. Right. So, you know, the big one is what the knees over toe guys on Instagram and all this stuff that they do. And, you know, honestly, if, if I was, if I was a high school coach and I wanted to teach, you know, with the shin angles and the, and the drives and the stuff that even the stuff that I do here, get some of those weighted sleds, get some, some prowlers, uh, rogue makes them and just do like heavy sled drags and heavy sled pushes. Because if you put some, a heavy sled and you have a March and drive with your knee up, toe up, like you would with a spray, it's the same thing, right? You okay. get good, you get that good knee drive, you get that knee up, toe up, you're strengthening the feet, the ankles, the, the whole deal. Um, you know, and then the same thing, right? If you want to get into some of the aggressive stuff where, you know, you're doing split squats with the knees over the toes. Like you can do that. You just, you know, you just got to be careful, right? You can't start throwing that stuff at those kids right away. Um, you know, you got to make sure they're, they're able to handle it. So, you know, drilling some of the, again, teaching them how to squat correctly, right? You can address a lot of that stuff in warmups. Like when you're doing your dynamic warm up, you know, you're doing your walking lunges and you can, you know, let them get their knee over their toe a little bit and, you know, all that type of stuff. It's just, again, you just don't want to throw that at those kids right away. Like you got to kind of build to it. Can you, can you talk real briefly here and, and, you know, maybe it's, it's going to be hard to do, but what's something in terms of nutrition that a, a player that's in high school that maybe, maybe you see it a lot with, with incoming freshmen, you know, bad habits that they're into that something that they could kick, you know, something that they could eliminate from their diet and something that they could add that w would kind of help, help a football player maybe right away with whatever, whatever their needs are, gaining weight, losing weight, something yeah. that's, you know, that get the trash out and and put the good stuff in. Is there anything nutritionally that you could talk about? I mean, I think one of the easiest ones, and again, how long have we been saying this, right? I think you need to eat breakfast. Okay. You know, I think you need to eat a good, a good breakfast, you know, you know, get, you know, your protein source, your carbohydrates and your, you know, and, and, you know, get some water in you. I mean, that think about setting yourself up for the rest of the day, right. you know, that that's, that's one of those easy ones. And the other, another easy one to do is just get rid of the soda and the energy drinks and all that crap, especially the energy drinks. 
They're so um, popular. I see everybody has. Oh everybody's got those energy drinks in their hands all the time. I see them. Yeah, and you can't. And the thing about it is, too. And again, trust me, I I was guilty of the pre workouts and all that stuff. I actually don't don't like taking that stuff. You know, as as I get older, you got to worry about the ticker, right? Um, but like you don't. If you're constantly like drinking that stuff when you really need it, it's not going to be there for you. That's interesting. Is like that, in the heat competition, you mean? Yeah, yeah. If you if you really really need to like crush a monster or two Red Bulls before you're going to football practice to get up, like you got some problems. <laughs> and then and then when you do need to get up for that big moment, you know, instead of being able to like drink half a Red Bull and just be freaking all lit up and ready to roll, you know, you have to take more and more and more and more and more to kind of get what you're trying to train for. So, I mean, I, I would, I think, I think kids should lay off that stuff period. Like if you really need to drink yourself a strong cup of coffee, um, you know, but you know, that's what I would do. I'd do breakfast. I drink water and I cut out the energy drinks. Those are the big ones. And if you're an offensive lineman and you have offensive linemen, don't let them get fat. And I can say this as a, uh, as a former <laughs> as a, lineman, as, as a former offensive lineman, like don't, just don't let them get, don't let them get too fat. Like, yeah, it's great to be, you know, a 285, 290 pound offensive lineman, but you shouldn't be 30% body fat. <laughs> yeah. Um, you talk about breakfast and, and there might be a lot of coaches that don't, they might not work at the school or, or, yep. or just realize it. But I know nowadays my daughter goes to an elementary school mm-hmm. and my wife works at a high school in two different school districts. But both yep. of those buildings offer breakfast now for free to every student that wants it. Doesn't matter where, yep. doesn't matter yep. where they fall in, 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 you know, economic status or anything like that. They're just it's like gab, grab and go breakfast. And my, you know, yep. I look at my daughters. There are days, some days, like I'll I'll put like a bowl of cereal in front of her, and she'll she'll say, "Well, I'm going to grab whatever they have for breakfast that day," and yep. she'll say, "I'm going to grab that instead." And I'm, and I'm like, "Sure, that's great." And their and her teacher allows her to when she's in class to eat the breakfast in class. Yeah. I mean, and and that's what it is. I mean, in reality too, like if, if you're really committed to being a good athlete, right. If, if that's what you want to do and say you're a high school kid that you know wants to earn a scholarship or wants to be a, a player someplace, like you got to start doing some of this stuff now, yeah. you know, and it, it, it's not really that hard to do. Like get up a little bit earlier, you know, worst case scenario, grab yourself like a, a yogurt and a piece of fruit and a, you know, a glass and a bottle of water, you know what I mean? That, and that stuff's not, and I get it. You know, some people have more money than, than others, but you know, that's not that expensive, what? you know, for like, Greek yogurt is what, like three ninety nine now, not yeah. even like two fifty. So you can, you can do it. Well, it, it seems to me like the, uh, most public schools in Pennsylvania have caught on to, to better educate their students. They, they need food, yeah. not just athletically, just like to, to learn and think, they can't mm-hmm. do it on an empty stomach in the morning. So they're providing, there are resources that are out there for coaches that they can take advantage that are free and provided yeah. already by the school district that maybe some yeah. coaches just aren't taking advantage of. I know we got yeah. we, the, the, the high school I coached at this, this past season, they, there were guys that I know, I mean, they, in terms of, of meals, they, sometimes they were tough to come by. Well, yeah. again, nowadays school districts are offering free food to players. Yep. Yeah. To, to students, to any student. So yeah. You just got to take advantage of that. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, that's the biggest thing I think you can do as a coach too, is just like take advantage of every resource right. you have, you know, audit, audit what you have available and present it to the, the students. And, you know, again, if it's important to you, it's important to them. So just staying on them with that. 
Well, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens here with Eastern University and the football program, and it's going to be uh, – are you going to coach at all? Are you going to coach football? I, I am not. If, okay. if they, they need help um, until they get a full staff hired, then right. I, I would jump a couple of things. But I've been so far removed from it. Um, you know, right now I'm coaching my, – my coaching right now is my little kid's flag football team. Right. That's about as far as <laughs> – so I, I'll be, I'll do the, honestly, with my administrative stuff that I do, I rarely even get to be a strength coach anymore. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll, you know, be there and I'll try to get those guys up and going and then I'll probably, you know, I'll get my input and I'll coach as much as I can, but I don't, I, I don't get to coach as much as I like to anymore. <laughs> well, well, best of luck in that endeavor. And, and, um, you know, when you talk of, man, when you think about everything that goes into and, and maybe some people might not realize that just to start a football program at a at a college, all the, the resources that have to go in, not just money wise, but yep. man, the time and the and the thought and the meetings and, and all that. That's that's just a big thing to uh to, to be where, where it was in somebody's brain, that idea, and now to where yep. you guys are now, it's 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 pretty impressive. So it's 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 been it's been fun. It's definitely been a learning experience. And again, you know, our university, we're super excited about it. Um you know, again, we hopefully will be announcing our coach here soon, and you know we're we're recruiting now. So if anybody's interested, um, <laughs> they can they can reach out to me if 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 they like if they have any kids, um, you know, or you know, like I said, just watch. We'll be we'll be uh, announcing our football coach very shortly. Is there a, do you have an email like a quick email address or something like that you could just kind of shout out to yeah, the coach? You know what, if, if yeah, you can contact. If anybody has any questions, you can definitely just reach out to me. Period. It's uh, B. Bingama, B-I-N-G-A-M-A, at eastern.edu, or you could just go to the Eastern Athletics landing page, and uh, I'm, I'm on there. I'm the Associate Athletic Director of Performance Health and Wellness. Thanks again, Coach, and, and uh, again, I'm going to wish you luck. But, uh, you know, I appreciate you coming on here, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things that these coaches can take away from this, and, and they appreciate it. Um. I've been saying this to everybody. I want you back on here again at some point. Maybe, maybe after Easton starts it up, and and you can give a quick yeah, report what's going on. But, but again, thanks, and and um, hope everything goes well for you, man. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, Mark. Thanks, Coach. Talk to you later. All right, later. If you haven't subscribed on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, just take a second to do that now. That way, whenever a new video or new podcast comes out, you get it automatically downloaded to your device. That way you can keep up and be up on the latest Cost Camps Coaches Show. You don't have to keep checking back or, or get my, uh, my email newsletter. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next time.